I will get started. This is lovely. And it's lovely to be with all of you. Good good afternoon. It's good morning for me, but good afternoon to most of you, I think. So let's let's dive in and let's start with this very first um, quote, the Thich Nhat Hanh quote, Earth will be safe when we feel in us enough safety. And if we're going to really explore today how the nervous system is going to help us um, feel safe, find safety, create pathways of connection. So the autonomic nervous system is the platform for our lived experience. It really is the heart of our daily living experience. Excuse me. Um, It's our internal surveillance system that's at work all the time, listening to what's happening um, in our worlds. And it's this lovely um, biological resource that we all have inside us. And we want to make sure we understand this piece that the nervous system is the common denominator in our human experience. And it's organized in basically the same way. And then it's shaped individually by our experience. So we're going to both understand the broad organization and then you're going to get an experience of befriending your own particular patterns. And the nervous system is really where our stories begin. This this lovely figure on the right, the autonomic state, then gets fed up to the brain where we create a story. So even though we think that our brains are the ones that are leading the, the way that they're creating our stories, what in fact is happening is the nervous system is sending energy and information up the pathways to the brain. And then the brain is taking that information and making a story to try and make sense of what it's receiving from the body. So co-regulation, let's start there. So we have these two experiences going on all the time. We have a drive to survive and a longing to connect. And sometimes they work in concert with each other so that our longing to connect and our drive to survive are helping us move forward into approach, into connection, into creating these deep um, wonderful relationships that that we navigate with. And oftentimes this longing to connect and the drive to survive are uh, operating, come into connection with someone, but we can't quite do it, right? Instead, we end up being anxious or argumentative or running away or disconnecting and just disappearing from the relationship. And that's when our drive to survive is getting these cues of danger that say, don't connect, don't connect. Those are built in to our nervous systems through our um, past experiences. And then we travel these familiar pathways. So you might begin to think, you know, am I in a moment where my longing to connect and my drive to survive are coming in the same direction? Or is this experience of my so wanting to reach out to this person and come into connection and yet something stops me and that's your drive to survive. So here's a quote, Stephen Porges is the developer of polyvagal theory and a dear friend and colleague. This is his quote, trauma is a chronic disruption of connectedness. I think that's a really lovely way to think about trauma. It's very simple, it's very clear. And if we're looking at trauma through the lens of the autonomic nervous system, This is the um, experience in a nutshell. Chronic disruption of connectedness. And our trauma stories are carried in these states of dysregulation, our nervous system dysregulation. So we're going to 
play around with how do we stay in connection and how do we begin to create pathways of protection where we have pathways of, of or how do we create pathways of connection, sorry, where we now have pathways of protection. We are in an ongoing autonomic conversation. Right? This conversation is happening every micro moment we are alive. And it's happening between us and ourselves, between us and others, between us and the world around us, and between us and spirit. So in this moment, your nervous system is in those four streams of conversation. Your nervous system and my nervous system are beginning to get to know each other. We're having an autonomic conversation where your system is looking for cues of safety and danger. And my system is sending hopefully cues of safety towards you. Although it may be sending cues of danger, there may be something in my um, voice, in my appearance, in my movements, even in my environment here and back, that's a cue of danger to you. So I'm taking a moment just to settle in and really anchor in my ventral and send you a welcome. I'm looking at you to send you this welcome into this exploration we're going to go on and see if your nervous system receives that. So my nervous system is looking for cues of safety. And it's interesting to do that when I'm looking at slides and seeing my own um, image, right? And not hearing from you or seeing, seeing you. So I will look forward to hearing from you when we get to the chat. So we are continuously broadcasting and receiving. We are always downloading and uploading information. And our work is to stay tuned into this conversation. So we have to learn how to do that and then learn how to stay tuned in, turning toward this autonomic conversation that's going on. So when we send cues of safety, we also send an invitation to come into connection. I love that, that image, that sculpture, you know, two, two in a bowl, right, connecting. When we receive cues of safety, we feel an autonomic welcome and we feel safe to move into connection and to come into co-regulation with another being. Right? Co-regulation, back and forth, an ebb and flow of, of being with. Right? When we send cues of danger or when we receive an autonomic warning from another nervous system, when our nervous system takes in that, oh, there, there's, a, there's a warning being sent to me. Our reactivity increases and our adaptive survival responses are reinforced. So that drive to survive is reinforced when we receive these warnings, autonomic nervous system warnings. I don't have to say anything, no words needed for me to send a cue of danger out into the world. So here we have this beautiful image of what is the social engagement system. And these are five cranial nerves that you see coming together in the brainstem. And they control our eyes, ears, voice, face, and head movements. This is your nervous system. This is cranial nerve 10, which is the circuit that's going to the heart in that picture. That's connecting with these facial nerves, these other cranial nerves that allow us to have eye gaze and listen and our voice to send messages and our face to move, our head to move, 
This is the social engagement system. I want you to just take that in for a moment, that beautiful image, all lit up. This is a, a, a human being who is ready to come into connection, is sending cues of safety and looking out into the world for cues of safety. We send messages with our eyes. And um, I'm in the United States where um, wearing face coverings and face masks has become almost um, universally required. And it's interesting to see what happens when we wander through the world with, with a face mask. So all this is covered, right? And yet here is where our nervous system is looking for those cues. It's around the eyes. So yes, the mouth is is important to have, it gives other signs. But if you look at someone behind a mask, you can see the smile behind the mask or you can see the, the warning behind the mask because it's coming from the eyes. So I want you just to look for a moment, just take in the eyes and just notice where your nervous system takes you. Does it feel invited to connect or a warning of danger? Go back a minute to that one and just leave us there for a moment and just notice what did happen in your nervous system when you saw eyes from other humans, from other mammals. Just notice that, and your brain likely tried to make up a story pretty quickly, but your nervous system was really sending the information to your brain. So then we have our ears, this other part of our social engagement system. I love this quote, the ear collects the spiraling energy from the cosmos. I love that spiral with all those frequencies that make it up. This is what our ears are doing all the time. They're listening for sounds of welcome or cues of danger, right? I want to talk just for a moment about SSP, which is um, Steve Porges's, um musical auditory intervention. It's five hours of music that has been specifically remastered to calm your nervous system and enhance this beautiful social engagement system that, that we just um, saw in action. Because listening is dependent on the nervous system. It's dependent on our state and it influences whether we are feeling safe to connect or in a survival response where we need to disconnect. And listening provides opportunities to exercise these neural circuits, the neural circuits that support both our physical and our mental health. Because our nervous system is the foundation of both of those. Both our physical and our emotional well-being is based in our nervous system's ability to be flexible. So the music in this SSP efficiently conveys cues of safety. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to the, um, their, their website. And if you decide you want to take the training, there's a code for you. But let's move on to prosody, which is the music of the voice, right? The music of the voice, the patterns of rhythm and sound. 
frequency, duration, intensity is, is what your nervous system is listening to. And it's going to listen to my tone of voice, the intonation of my voice, before it takes in any information that I might be sharing. Because what my prosody is doing is my prosody is sending a message about what is underneath the words. So it reveals the underlying intent of my words. So again, I'm just going to see, is my voice welcoming you into connection? So what we know about voice is that a monotone voice is an automatic, autonomic cue of danger. So I'm going to talk in a monotone voice just for a moment and let you see where your nervous system goes. And just notice what happened. Was there a disconnect? Was there a confusion in the nervous system? What happened inside your system? I know what happens inside mine when I speak in a monotone voice and it feels very restrictive, very confining, and I begin to disconnect from what I'm doing. So interesting for you to notice what happens, right? And then there's there's also, there, there are tones of voice that, that can just feel um, dysregulating to our nervous system. It can have a familiar frequency to something in our past. And we cannot understand quite why we are disconnecting, but it can be because of that familiarity of the nervous system from something in the past. So that's prosody. And I love the research around what we call vocal bursts. These are the non-language sounds that we use to communicate. Ah, hmm, oh, hmm, huh. Right? You, you get the, and you know what I'm trying to say by a vocal burst, right? And the research tells us that these non-language ways of, of connecting are understood across cultures and across species, right? We talk to our cats, dogs, horses, cows in this way, right? And that they're understood with a high degree of accuracy. So when we don't know what to say, we can use a vocal burst because sometimes words are difficult to find. The right word is difficult to find. I know as a, as a clinician, I sometimes struggle to find, I wonder what the right word to say. I know what I want to say. I need to find the right word to communicate that to my client. And I found a vocal burst does that beautifully. The same is true with my, you know, my friends, the people I live with and love. Sometimes a vocal burst is just the right thing. And you will notice now that you know what vocal bursts are, that as you go through the world, we use them all the time. So begin to tune into those vocal bursts. And finally, we get to head movement. And just you know, notice these interesting creatures who are nodding, turning their heads, tilting their heads. So a straight, unmoving head is an autonomic view of danger. So if I taught the entire webinar today this way without ever moving my head. I'm going to do that for a moment and just notice what happens. Where is your nervous system taking you as I speak to you? It's still with prosody, but I'm not moving my head. And then I'm going to invite you for a minute to try that on for size. So try speaking to me, even though I can't hear you. Talk to me for a moment without moving your head and just notice what happens inside. And while you're playing with an unmoving head, 
Now speak to me also in a monotone voice. So monotone voice and unmoving head. And notice what happens. And then keep your head straight. Don't move your head, but add prosody back to your voice and notice what happens. And then finally, let your head move in whatever way it wants. Usually there's a gentle tilt that wants to come in. Sometimes it's a back and forth to shake it out. But just notice what happens now when you have prosody and your head is moving. I'm a right side tilter. You know, you can kind of notice for yourself. You can go back to an unmoving head and invite your head to move. And, oh, do, I, do I tilt left? Do I tilt right? No research on that. I'm just always curious about it to see where people, where people go, right or left. And some people say, oh, I can go either. So here are the elements of the social engagement system that are at work in every moment, sending cues out into the world. Our eyes, our voice, our head turning and tilting. This is the way we send a message out into the world, whether we're saying, oh, I'm, I'm available, I'm ready to connect. I'm a safe presence in the world or stay away. I'm warning you, I am not in a place where I can connect right now. So I'm sending that. I'm also looking for that. So that was co-regulation where I start the first organizing principle. And before we move to neuroception, I just wanted to say that co-regulation is where we begin when we enter the world, right? We, we need another being to help us. We don't survive without being connected to another human being. Our longing when we come into the world is to be met by a welcoming, regulated energy. That the person whose arms we are in is, is welcoming, is sending those cues of safety. Right? That doesn't happen for all of us. Right? And, and so if we don't land in a system with a person or people who we can co-regulate with, who send us cues of welcome, who predictably show up for us in that way, then we have to learn to self-regulate before we really should be doing that, right? The, the trajectory is we co-regulate and then we self-regulate from our place of safety. So if you think about your own world, you think, you know, were there people who I safely could co-regulate with, who I learned how to send and receive cues of safety? Or was my world, you know, filled with people who sent warning? Or were there some of each? Right? Most of us have some of each. And again, we don't need to be in that co-regulating relationship all of the time. You know, the research tells us that about 30% of the time we're in that place of feeling the, the, the welcome all the time, right? It's that the other 70% of the time um, we are with someone who recognizes there's been a misattunement what we call a rupture, and they come and they make a repair, they reconnect, they then send a cue of safety, they send an autonomic welcome. So what we know is that without a ventral vagal anchor, you know, without a system that, that can't use the regulating influence of our ventral vagus, we have health challenges, our relationships are in distress, and we suffer in our daily experience. So what I'd like to do is we're getting ready to end is, is do this ventral vagal anchor practice. So we're going to identify the predictable who, what, where, and when of your ventral system. 
Okay, so again, if you have paper and, and can write on it, it's a lovely way to begin to, to identify and, and remember your anchors. Let's start with who. So who is a person in your world who, when you are around them, or when you think about them, your ventral system feels welcome. You feel that welcome. You feel safe to engage. Who is a person? And again, for many people for whom people have been dangerous, the who may be a pet in the beginning. As a clinician, I take the responsibility to show up as a who for my client. And I'm very willing to be their who as we're creating more regulation. So find a who for your system. And after we get good at a who, the who can be um, a spiritual being. The who can be someone who was alive, is no longer alive, but still brings you that sense of welcome. Can be someone who you don't know, but also brings you that welcome. But as a first starting place, I'd like you to find a who that is a living, breathing nervous system that you can connect with. So then we'll move to what. What is some simple practice you can do, some simple thing you can do that when you do it predictably gives you a micro moment of ventral? Predictably feels safe and welcoming. And again, this is not a large practice. This is a tiny moment. So for me, um, you know, I, I live in Maine. And my back windows look out onto woods. And so a what for me is to simply look out the back window. And as I do it right now, we have a beautiful, um, it's morning, beautiful blue sky. I'm seeing the tops of trees and the trees are blowing because it's windy out. So that's a, that's a, a what for me, a, a ventral vagal anchor what for me. So what is something you do? Short little something you can predictably do. So then let's move to where. <clears throat> where is a place in your world where when you are there or remember being there, if you can no longer go there at the moment, brings you that ventral vagal sense of, oh, yes, safe, welcome. Where is a place? Again, I live near the near the ocean, and so my where is by the ocean. And um, up until recently, I have been unable to go to my where because my my ocean, my particular stretch of ocean, has been closed to to people. <laughs> so, but now I can go back to my where. My nervous system is very happy about that. So, where is a where for you? And then finally, a when. When is a time? Time of day, day of the week, time of year, time when something happens, when you feel that predictable anchoring in control. I tell people I'm a morning person, an early morning person. So that, that is a when for me. That getting up first thing before the world wakes up and I'm by myself in this moment. It's a ventral win, an anchoring win for me. 
So again, if you found one who, one what, one where, and one when, that's a great starting point. This is what I do with my clients. We do this together and we find one of each. And then you create a practice of turning to these when you notice that you're either not anchored in ventral or you're moving out of ventral. So that comes back to the question, where are you on your map? And if, oh, I'm not in ventral, I can grab an anchor to help me return there. Or if I notice, oh, I'm, I'm on the verge of leaving ventral, grab an anchor. Right? We can also use these to deepen our capacity to be in ventral. Right? I can, I can bring my who to mind and I can just simply be with that experience for a bit of time and deepens that connection. So ventral vagal anchors are... are a lovely way to start to resource your nervous system, right? To, to help you have more capacity to come back to ventral. Because remember, we are not um, unhealthy, either physically or psychologically unhealthy, simply because we leave ventral. It's when we leave and get stuck in one of those adaptive survival states that we suffer. So flexibility of being able to come back finding our way back home to ventral is really makes for a resilient system. So a flexible system is a resilient system. A resilient system is one that's filled with flexibility. So these anchors are a way for us to do that. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to hear the full version, you can do so with the weekend university premium membership. This gets you access to our master library of over 230 talks and interviews with the world's leading psychologists, professors, and authors, as well as transcripts, CPD certification, quizzes, and unlimited access to the recordings from our annual conferences. For more information, please go to theweekenduniversity.com forward slash membership.